I always find I whenever we do movies in the cinema for this podcast, I always find that the weirdest mm. of the things that we do because if we watch a movie here in the recording studio, <laughs> aka my flat, um, it's like we watch the movie and then literally like say five minutes later we're sat at the table and we're recording. Whereas with the cinema, we have like a whole two hours before we get around to sitting down to record. Ah. And I always think it's weird because we don't like to talk about the movie before we do the podcast because then everything is kind of fresh. But it's all it, it's such a weird experience when you come out of the cinema and you're going down that escalator and everyone around you is talking about the movie you have and to you're, try, you're, you're trying to talk about anything else. Because <laughs> um, you don't want to deflate, deflate the conversation before... We've started recording. Yeah. So I think today we came out and I, I think I said something to you in a very thick Scottish accent. And then I was like, and then we started talking about how we were getting back to the flat. And then that just spiraled off into another conversation. And <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> but there is always that thing in the back of my mind when we were walking home earlier and I brought something up about it. And we kind of started having a conversation that was like, we should save this for the podcast. Save it for the episode. But it's difficult. It's very difficult. And so I think it's why we don't generally do yeah. cinema movies anymore. It's because it's like a whole, it's a whole big thing. We also don't really do, we we also haven't done like a movie in a while where we watch the movie separately the night before or something and yeah. then talk about it. Like it's always very much a together experience, which is what it's all about. Oh, it's about you and me and our friendship. Having a laugh. Having a, having a good time watching movies. Mm. Um, Happy... Well, it's not technically Rabbi Burns Night yet. We're at the season, though. We're on Rabbi Burns Eve. <laughs> uh, what a fine eve it is. <laughs> um, we basically did our Robbie Burns tradition just a night early. Yeah. Um, but it's been a very Scottish day, hasn't it? It's been a very Scottish day. We went and we saw... We woke up in Scotland. woke up in Scotland, which already... Yeah. Every day. <laughs> Incidentally, woke up really early this morning. Uh, the fog made... Glasgow look like Silent Hill. And I know that's just the in thing to say when it's foggy. You're like, oh, it looks like Silent Hill. But it did. So shut up, everyone who's <laughs> criticizing me. Um, but we went and saw Mary Queen of Scots, the film we're going to talk about. Yeah. Which is a film set in Scotland about Scottish people. Right. Good old times. Uh, we've had, we had Haggis Neeps and Tatties. Classic. We're currently drinking Iron Brew. Yeah. We also had some, so now we're, we're also drinking, we have Jack Daniel's Honey. Which, not a Scottish whiskey. We did have some Scottish whiskey, but then I didn't want to have any more straight whiskey because I'm, I'm a pussy. <laughs> and I was like, I want to have a whiskey Coke, but I'm not going to waste my good Scotch whiskey on Coke. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just have a Jack Daniels. So we're mostly Scottish. We also have some shortbread on the table. Yeah. It's a big day. You were saying earlier that we might be the only podcast to have this as a tradition. Well... Yeah, well, we did it last year with whiskey galore. I like the idea though, because like, so very unique about our podcast is like, it is Scottish. I mean, there'll be Scottish podcasts like galore out there, but like, move Scottish movie podcast has got to be hmm, somewhat niche. And then to have a one episode a year that we just celebrate Scottish films, hmm. like whiskey galore last year was a lovely film. I love whiskey galore. I really do love that movie. Yeah, <clears throat> it's also been a really good few months for scottish film yeah 
because we've had three like relatively big films in the past say six months because we've had outlaw king hmm. it's a huge film that came out on netflix netflix <laughs> <laughs> it came out on netflix <laughs> and it starred big hunky boy chris pine yeah um and then we also had anna and the apocalypse of course yeah um which is a kind of scottish indie musical which did really really well on the festival circuit all Aye. around the world um and now we have mary queen of scots which i'm pretty sure is not up for best picture but i'm pretty sure it's an oscar contender in some categories yeah. is that right well it always it always felt like when they released a trailer it was definitely intended for mm. oscars do you get there is like occasionally though every year there's those films that are like that wanted an oscar but then maybe like when it got to post-production they were like ah shit we're not gonna get it yeah, yeah like, <laughs> well, it's, there must be films where like we'll put it out anyway mm-hmm. but we're not gonna bother campaigning for this film because mm-hmm. it's against too much other things and it's just not that good guys yeah um the the thing i found because it's been such a good year and because you know things like Anne in the apocalypse did really well overseas something that i found <laughs> really bizarre and I always find this bizarre when watching a film that's set in Scotland. And something like Mary Queen of Scots, which is going to get a huge, wide release. Um, you know, because it stars, like, huge American actresses like Margot Robbie. Like, there's a scene where one of where Sarsha Ronan starts talking to these two soldiers. And she's like, oh, where are you boys from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Cumberland. And he's from Trude. And I'm like, oh, Americans are going to watch this? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, we watch their movies... And they're like, oh, I'm from Arkansas and stuff. And you're like, I know where I know where that is, logistically. Aye. But, like, your average American is not going to know where Largs is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always it's not exactly that, a tourist destination. Yeah, like, I always found it really bizarre. Like, when I was watching The Outlaw King, and I know this is, uh, like, English, but when they're in Berwick upon Tweed and stuff like that, <laughs> uh, I just find the whole thing very bizarre. I feel like... In my head, they just think there's London and then <laughs> nothing. For... <laughs> I had a experience of that where I like listen to audiobooks and like um, I uh, last year I listened to one, the Grant Morrison one he did um, mm. about superheroes and it was really really interesting. And it's not Grant Morrison that reads it; it's this uh, English guy who reads it. And uh, one because obviously Grant Morrison's Glaswegian, one of the words he has to read is govern. But he pronounces it Govan. <laughs> and it's so bizarre because obviously he hasn't, he would have no reason before hmm. this life in to read the word Govan out yeah. loud. But when, like, as a person who lives in Glasgow, you're like, it's not Govan, it's Govan, mate. Listen to me, you fucking get it right, you son of a. I'm not. <laughs> I'll fucking slit you up the middle. <laughs> I don't even have much reason to go to Govan, but I suddenly became. There was a bit of pride in me. It was like, no, man, that's yeah. not what fuck. That's not how you say Govan. I still think something that is like very Scottish for me is the fact that every morning I, I look out the window of my living room and I can see the block of flats that stands in as Osprey Heights in Still Game, which is, yeah. if there's anyone outside of Scotland listening to this, a very, very popular Scottish comedy. Um, it's a national institution. And I always think here. it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's crazy to just look out my window every day and I'm like, it's Osprey Heights? It's like such an iconic kind of... At the building old man i can't remember his name from bernston in uh, my work the other day really hmm, that's crazy sorry i'm eating shortbread <laughs> it's actually shortbread is actually quite hard to eat <laughs> it's so stodgy. it's not one of those foods where if you need to just 
eat it quickly so you can talk. It's, yeah. It doesn't allow you to do that. I keep breaking like off into. Butter. I keep breaking off into little bits, but it's creating quite a quite the pile of crumbs. Little bits. <laughs> little bits. Um. But yeah, that's enough fucking wanking off Scotland for a few minutes. Um, Danny, why don't you, uh, you introduce the podcast and then we can talk about the movie we watched. Welcome to Scottish Second Opinion uh, Podcasts. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, Scotland himself, Scott Morrison. I'm so full of shortbread. <laughs> <laughs> How good was that whiskey, uh, that haggis we had? Yeah, it was lovely. It's been a good night. Mm. I feel like this, like the year in review one I look forward to. And then it's like right after the year in review one, we have the Burns Night one, which That's is a very relaxing one. It's a very relaxing one. I feel very relaxed. Um, mm. So yeah, we did a first. We for in a long time, I think since Rampage. <coughs> oh, that would have been the last one. Yeah, it must have been. Um, which was last April, because I saw it. I think me and you saw it together, and then a couple of days later, I went, to, went America, to America. So that yeah. would have been April. Yeah. Um. So that's been a while hmm. since we did a cinema one. Um. <clears throat> Which uh, is, is I mean, it's cool or it's fine. I don't know. I, <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to see Mary Queen of Scots. Which is not a film I think that we would even mention <laughs> at all if it weren't for the fact that it kind of came out around this time of Robbie Burns Night. And it's also a Scottish movie. And we live in Scotland. And we needed to talk about a Scottish movie. And we were going to do The Outlaw King, but then we were like, whoa, we got this fucking yeah, brand Oscar new contender yeah. brand new movie that we could Relevant. see on the big screen. Starring Margot Robbie and Sarsha Ronan. Yeah. The, a very Irish woman. The most Scottish people you've ever heard of. Yeah, clearly. I mean, do they ever get, like, Scottish people to be in <laughs> Scottish movies? I mean, because the... the fucking star wars has a lot of them the new star wars yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got like a surprising amount of like people who are clearly from coke oh, bridge well i i um when i went to see force awakens uh and someone i knew came out and uh like she she happened to be in that screen as well she came over to talk to me and was like oh you know that guy that was playing off harrison ford in that scene i oh, i know him he was yeah. in my class <laughs> so peculiar because like we went to go see one of the biggest films yeah. of all time and she's like yeah, yeah i know that guy was in there he's like that's, that's such a weirdly casual relationship to have with star wars um something i was really disappointed in for this screening um was somebody that i know is an extra in a scene where Sarsha Ronan walks under sort of the soldiers make like an arch of mm. spears and she walks under the spears um and a friend of mine is in that scene and I went to the bathroom and I missed it because <laughs> after the movie I was like oh hey like when I went to the bathroom was there a scene involving her one yeah, the best of my memory yes you're like yeah and I was like so I fucking knew it like I knew out of the two hours that I had to pick that minute I knew that was going to be the minute mm. but you know, she's because you have to. You know, when you're watching a movie in the cinema you and you've got to, to pick it. your moment. Do you know what? And you, for all you know, you could be walking out on a, the most pivotal scene. But I was like, okay, it's like a montage of a letter. She's reading a letter that she's written to Margot Robbie's character to the Queen. I'm like, this will be fine. Like, I can run out now. I'm not going to miss anything. Mm. And then I came back, and just as I came back, the sun was being born, and I was like, whoa! If I'd have missed that, <laughs> the next scene would have been very confusing. <laughs> um. <clears throat> There is an app that I was recommended that tells you the best time in a film to go pee. Really? Maybe you should. But how do you keep track of that? The thing is, I very rarely go to the bathroom during the film. Yeah, I will go about three times before the film starts. (laughs) Um, But I very rarely go during the film. 
Um, but today it was just it was one of those things where I was like, it's still got an hour to go. Like I don't want to get to the end and then have to go pee. Yeah. I remember La La Land. I remember watching that movie being <clears throat> in that instance being torture because I held it in and then it got to the point where the last you know five minutes are playing out and I'm like it has to end soon like it has to and I had to go so badly and you're just like wriggling in your seat like come on but you don't want to leave because you're terrified that if you go now you're going to come back and the credits are going to be rolling yeah and you don't want to have sat through all that to miss the, the closing beat. statement yeah <clears throat> um but yeah so we saw Mary Queen Scots yeah so if you haven't seen it it surrounds the story of Mary Queen of Scots heard of her um, she can take some more shortbread. Just don't mind me. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I'm just try- it's weird trying to tell this story that's kind of also kind of a true story as well. Mm. So Mary is return is returning from France, where she spent most of her life. Um, Bragging, she- <laughs> and she comes back to Scotland to be the queen. Uh, she is trying to inherit the throne of England after Queen. Elizabeth dies because she has a blood right to it. Yeah, yeah. But she's also trying to maintain her power in Scotland because she is one of those Catholics, <laughs> and Scotland is one of those Protestants, mm. and that is a bit of an issue. It's awkward, especially to David Tennant. Mm. It's an issue to him. Um. So it, that's the story. <laughs> the actor. <laughs> <laughs> he is hardcore Protestant. You, you don't even know about it, son. Um. Yeah, so that's he, she's trying to maintain power in Scotland while also trying to inherit mm. the throne of England from Queen Elizabeth, Margaret Robbie. <laughs> As she was known at the time. <laughs> As she was known to her close friends mm. and disciples. Disciples? Disciples. Subjects? Subjects, yeah, that mm. makes more sense. Not disciples. She wasn't that martyred. No. Um, what did you think of I, Queen of I, I thought it was good. I did. I feel like this is weird. I feel like I struggled to get a connection with mm. Mary Queen of Scots herself. In fact, for a Scottish film that should be like up in its like Scot- uh, like like playing on <clears throat> Scottish nationalism, I actually felt a lot more sympathy for Queen Elizabeth. Mm. I was so on Queen Elizabeth's side. I feel like Queen Elizabeth is like. She's walking around and everywhere she goes, uh, everyone's talking about when you die, what we're going to do, right? <laughs> it's like... Um, Look at you, you're not getting like younger. The way, it's like the way people talk about... Uh, George R. George R. Martin. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> like, it must fucking suck. Like, every day to have people being like, oh, well, you better finish those books, you're going to die. He's like, fucking, I'm going to be fine. Like, he's, just gonna laugh. Like, he's only like 60. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man. It's, it's fun because I don't read the books, so like, no, I don't care. It's, it's neither here nor there. To the me. more, the more pressing ones, kind of, uh, what's her name on the Supreme Court is like the really famous judge in America on the Supreme Court. Uh-huh. And if she dies, Donald Trump gets to pick <coughs> that seat as well. So it's yeah. just everybody just sat on their knees, go, please don't die, please, please don't, don't die, die. not <laughs> don't die for at least two years. <laughs> After that, feel free. <laughs> So much pressure. So, because <laughs> you could fight it off as much as you want, but ain't nothing going to stop a sudden heart attack. <laughs> like, you can eat as healthy as you want, but when God when God marks your day, he marks his day. Right? Oh. <clears throat> so, I felt sorry for her. I did. I, 
I was really surprised by how little she was actually in it. Yeah, she's not in it very mm. often. Which I think, the, like, the way the film is marketed, it very much market, it markets it as this rivalry between... Or the, this, yeah, this sort of... The rivalry between two people who don't... You know, two people in two separate countries who don't meet. Uh, Queen Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots. Mm. The film very much markets it as that. But at the same time, like, after, after we kind of saw it, she, she really isn't in it at all. And I'm like, well, the film is called Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. But it does market itself as like a rival. It really does. It, I think she, I think Margot Robbie is as much the focus in that trailer as Sasha Ronan is. Yeah. I think probably there's an element of like, in terms of marketing, <coughs> Margot Robbie is one of the biggest names in Hollywood right yeah. now. And plus it is, it's a really cool idea to like market these like up and coming powerhouse actors like yeah. against each other it's mm. like it's not just it's your up and coming Margot Robbie and your up and coming um, I can never quite say her name Sasha Ronan Sasha Ronan like together powerhouse playing off each other but not only that they're rivals in this <clears> one as well <throat> so like they're literally arguing with each other and yeah there you can see the marketing appeal of that even though Margot Robbie's in very very few scenes and they only have one scene together yeah which so we Obviously, we're going to talk about historical accuracies and things like that. But as far as I've read, the, the I think the most egregious one is that I think it's quite a famously known thing that they didn't ever actually meet. Hmm. Um, and even though she was imprisoned, even though Mary Queen of Scots was imprisoned by Queen Elizabeth for 20 years, um, they the, the two of them never actually interacted face-to-face. you face get to around face. to meeting <clears throat> someone you'd imprisoned Well, so this years. apparently... That was a big thing. Was that uh, Mary Mary really advocated to meet with her in that time that she was kind of held captive because she was like, if anyone can get me out of this situation, it'll be her. And they, but they never ended up. They never ended up meeting. Um, in the films- and then when this when this kind of uh, this threat against her life, which is still apparently debated to this day as to whether like the validity of if Mary Queen of Scots was involved in that threat in any way. So there's like an, a, an yeah. attempt of assassination on Queen Elizabeth after Mary's Queen of Scots is imprisoned by her. Yeah. And um, it, and it Queen co- Elizabeth was like, I'm not taking no fucking chances. Well, no, you <laughs> you, especially in those ages, what you couldn't off? take when you're in charge. If I was a monarch and I was like that, someone went over and said, mm. that masked person might be trying to kill you. You're like, well then, let's sort that out. Like, yeah. Um, so Mary Queen of Scots may or may not have been involved in this assassination attempt. Um, but regardless, very famously, Queen Elizabeth beheaded Mary Queen of Scots. She just in case. Did. Um, right off the bat, the film does a thing that annoys me a lot, which is, and they joke about it in Rick and Morty, why can't you just begin your films at the beginning? <laughs> like, I totally understand that. I mean, I guess Mary Queen of Scots is famous to us because we're Scottish. Yeah. I don't know how famous Mary Queen of Scots is to your average American or something like that. Yeah. Um, Like, I genuinely have no idea. And I understand that it is a true story, so you have more kind of leeway being like that. But I think the fact... Spoilers for this whole movie, by the way. Um, I think the fact that the movie ends right on that note as well. Like, the very last thing you see is her placing her head on the block. Hmm. I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about that opening. I'm like, why couldn't you just start it with her? There may be a or sense. maybe start have like a have a scene in Paris of her like, or in, of her in France like 
prepping to come to like to scotland or have something some kind of thing involving queen elizabeth i don't know i just really wasn't into the whole maybe they sense thing of uh, especially since the film feels like it's all building to that yeah yeah to an extent maybe the sense of like um starting the film off with showing that she's about to be beheaded is so that you have all of your audience on equal ground because if the average american doesn't know that who mary queen of scots is and that her fate famously was that she was beheaded but you average uh, British fan, maybe just Scottish, mm. does know that. I would assume she's quite well known in. Yeah, um, I reckon it would be to get everyone on equal footing. So like, it's like the Titanic film. Everybody know the one thing everyone knows about the Titanic is that it sunk. It sunk. <laughs> <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so I think that the. Like, just talk to James Cameron. There's like you write the, these kind of films knowing that. Like oh. James Cameron knew the ti- wrote the Titanic film. He wasn't under any illusions, and then it sunk. Plot twist. He was like he was aware that that's a thing mm-hmm. people knew coming in. But for this one, since it's so divisive, like there's obviously there'll be a fifty uh, all this all these people who did know what happened to Mary Queen Scott. All these people didn't. Maybe that's the idea to bring them all on the same level. Look, everyone. Whether you know it or not, Mary Queen of Scots was beheaded, and this is the story of how she got beheaded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a story. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but I, I did enjoy it for the most part. Like genuinely, was interested in it. Something that I thought that I liked a lot about it was I think, I think obviously because of Braveheart, the most kind of well known. Scottish story is the story of William Wallace and the rebellion hmm. against the English. And I think even watching Outlocking, Outlocking is kind of the similar thing of it's all about Scottish rebellion to become independent from the English. And it's very like swords drawn and we're all fighting and we're all just jumping around in the mud and we're having a bloody we're having a bloody bit of a scuffle. Um I I liked that this film kind of was more of like a polit- it's like more about political moves mm. than it is about battles like it's more about you know if i wed this certain person and i have a child with him then i will have an heir to not only the throne to scotland but the throne to england and things like that and um there's a lot of like her kind of strategic letters her, yeah like a lot a of good strategic letter literally a lot of strategic letters a lot of um like political moves in terms of oh we know if if we bring this person over here and then if we quietly do away with this person or if we make like this power move where we just fucking burst into a room and stab this dude in the back then like that'll like that'll set things in place and stuff like that i kind of liked that it it looked at an aspect of scottish history that wasn't just ah (laughs) freedom (laughs) like it's it's weird that like on that note of like especially after the referendum Mm. Um, uh, a few years ago, fuck that, didn't we? Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually my point. That's my point. Like, Braveheart and the referendum are so independent, independence. But this film's the opposite. That the Mary Queen of Scots's ambition on mm. this one is to it's unite unity. the kingdoms, yeah. um, which is kind of strangely. It's a weird film, like then to get nationalistic about, considering that Scottish identity is so mm-hmm. in wrote whether this romanticized thing of Scotland the free and stuff like that. Mm was interesting yeah I like it's the opposite of braveheart in the sense that it's using uh politics of a battle and then using um 
like unification uh, over freedom. Mm-hmm. It's got that real. Um, sorry, there's the shortbread <laughs> is too hard to resist. Like you shouldn't have put it on the table um, because there's going to be so much chewing. People have to listen to this. I mean, it's a bad time all around. But it's so hard to. We'll wash. wait. Oh, me and so the, me and the listeners will it's wait. So hard to wash that. <laughs> It's so stodgy. Like, you don't think of it. You think it's like, oh, a nice sugary biscuit. But it's like very, like, there's a lot of shortbread to go around. Um, It really does, it really had that, like, real life Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, I feel like this story has a lot of the kind of things that happen in Game of Thrones. This very true story, for the most part. Well, Game of Thrones is mostly based mm-hmm. on, like, these sort of stories, but they've been mashed together for one series. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that the moment that felt the most like that, and it was one of the first things I googled to make sure, like, to find out if it was true, was um, the the character of I can't remember his name, David something, her secretary. Mm-hmm. Yes, her secretary, who is, I mean, it, it's very much put out there that he is a gay man. <clears throat> um, spends a lot of time with Mary. Um, the. <clears throat> Uh, the, her sort of party start to think that 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 is a bad image that this man is spending more time with Mary than her husband is, and so they decide we'll just make an example. We'll 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 deal with him. We'll just kill him. And they sign a little form, and twenty minutes later they storm into the room and they just murder him right in front of her, right in front of a pregnant woman. <laughs> it's intense as hell, and that just that just really happened. Like, it, it's crazy. <laughs> and I know that, you know, I know it's a bloody wild west back then, mate. But it's still, like I said, I think when you watch like something like Game of Thrones, which is obviously a fictionalized version of these kind of political moves and stuff like that, I think it's it's interesting to see a story where things like this really did happen. You know, they decide they want to get rid of the husband. They pitch to Mary Conia Scott's like, hey, maybe... We just get rid of him. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I will not do that to him. I will not besmirch his name. You know, I'm loyal to him. And then they're like, well, maybe we'll just bloody kill him on the side then without her knowing. And they just do that. <laughs> and they just did that in real life. They fucking fire a cannonball at his house. They blow up his house. And then they, when he when he escapes with with not much... Li- well, yeah, bloody escapes with the skin of his teeth. And they just grab him and choke him to death. And you're like, oh, this is... <laughs> this is fucking brutal. <laughs> um... Yeah, I really, really liked all that stuff. Um, but I think... I, 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 don't, I don't think it's anything particularly special. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, yeah, as I say, I, I, the, the, the thing I found tricky about this... And maybe you're not supposed to. I do agree with like films where you're not supposed to identify with a protagonist. But considering you spend a lot of time with Mary, Queen of Scots, mm. I didn't dislike her and i didn't like her i didn't hate her enough to root against her and i didn't like her enough to root for her i felt that like as i say queen elizabeth i just found so much more sympathetic Mm. because there's uh queen elizabeth goes through smallpox Mm. and then queen elizabeth had this whole she has this almost she's got the pox and in my head (laughs) i was like chicken <laughs> that's not that bad guys yeah we I, was like, had it. I was like that goes I just don't everybody gets it once yeah um she has the smallpox and then she has this really 
interesting dilemma, which is like their sort of defining um, conflict between both Mary Queen and Scots and uh, Queen Elizabeth, where the reason Queen Elizabeth doesn't want to marry is because she's so terrified that someone will be marrying her for the monarch for the rather monarch, than yeah. like uh, to try and use her to take over the monarch. Whereas that's <clears> like Mary Queen of Scots. That's her whole angle almost, isn't it? Like marrying into more power. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, because she's trying to take over both yeah. thrones, um, and it's like it's so much more interesting because she's got this person she loves, but she's clearly too scared to marry him. And then like she's trying to like in this political move get Mary to marry the person she loves, because mm-hmm. um, it would play better like p- um, politically for her. And um, she's then like envious of like mary queen of scots beauty and youth and Mm. stuff like that and um i just ended up feeling so much like just sorry for queen Mm. elizabeth and just so on her side and hope she's okay and you're like this is a scottish film it's so weird to be rooting for the english person in the scottish (laughs) because she even though she's not in the film nearly as much mary queen of scots she has a more interesting arc i think Hmm. and her arc is she kind of talks about in the film how she has metaphorically become a man. Yeah. She doesn't think like a woman anymore. She basically dances to the tune of this council of men that she has around her. And I actually think she has the the best scene in the movie, the best moment, which is towards the very, very end. <clears throat> and it's uh, Mary Queen Scott is about to be executed. And... Uh, there's a kind of letter being read in voiceover from Queen Elizabeth where she talks about how she has given up any kind of individuality, how she is now a puppet to her council of men, hmm. and she does what they say. And she has this moment, and it's, I thought it was fucking amazing, where she starts, she's standing and she starts to cry. And then, uh, what, what, do you, what do you call the queen? Not my lord. Is it my, my lady? My lady, yeah. Yeah. She starts to cry. And Guy Pierce's character, who's kind of her main sort of info, not informant, her main kind of counsel, yeah. confidant or yeah. counsel, yeah, goes, my lady, and she immediately just like st- up, stands up straight, stops crying, and you're like, Whoa, like there's there's like no more of her left now. Mm. Like she is like what she says, she is a husk. As Malcolm Tucker puts it, I am a husk for this fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want this job? You can't fucking handle this job. Um, and I thought that was like a devastating moment. And I don't know if that was entirely intentionally what they were going for because in the very next shot, they do a similar thing where uh, Mary Queen Scots is getting ready to be led out and someone says, my lady, and she she kind of like put herself, but she's not crying. But I, I just thought that moment hmm. with Margot Robbie was way more powerful than anything else in the film. So whereas compared to Queen Elizabeth, who I found really relatable, I did find Mary Queen of Scots, especially in the second half, kind of hard to get on board with her tactics. Um, Obviously, I think kind of what you would probably call the biggest scene in the movie is the meeting between Queen Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots. It's in, in defense of historic accuracy. Yes, the film I was does say this, have yeah. the pretense that it's a secret meeting. Yeah, that like wouldn't have been on the records and stuff, which I get. Like for a meeting that's not supposed to happen, at least they were because I feel like you couldn't have done this film without mm-hmm. them meeting mm-hmm. 
once. Mm. Mm. So I'm so like they they did it in a way that like I I feel like it's a reasonable way. Mm. Embellished it, but like not too much. I must. Do you think it would have been cool if they had done it? If they hadn't met, it might have made for an interesting film if the focus had largely been on Margot Robbie's character. And it's like this queen who is so kind of fixated on the idea that someone wants to overthrow her. Mm. Like this idea of this queen kind of being not driven mad, but having this strange relationship with a person who is effectively trying to overthrow her throne. Yeah. Who she never directly meets. Then the climax of the film, I guess, would be the moment where she has to make the decision, once she's imprisoned Mary Queen of Scots, whether she wants to go see mm. her. Yeah. I was thinking that would have been a kind of interesting movie. But it isn't the Queen Elizabeth film. But this one's fine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, like, uh, the way she goes about... Well, the way Mary Queen of Scots goes about that meeting, I was like, dude, you, you, are, you are a bad at bargaining. <laughs> like, she shows up, She's like, hey, like, this is obviously a reading. <laughs> Scott, don't quote the film. Do it in your own words, all right? So, hey, like, things are not looking so hot for me right now. Is there any chance you could, like, like chuck a couple of boys my way? And we could, maybe, I could maybe start an army. And I could push back. Um, and Margot Robbie's a bit like, oh, a bit like oh, I don't know. I just don't know if that would go well for me. But you know, like, and it seems like with a little bit of persuasion, hmm. she could be pushed. But then, fucking Queen Mary, Queen of Scots, approaches to be like, "Oh well, fuck you then! Like, fuck <laughs> you! I'm the horse you came in, ugly. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "Whoa! <laughs> like, this is not how it goes." You're about. not even with the real queen. Like, you should be. You're not my real queen. You should be fucking groveling right now. Uh, but instead, she doesn't. It says she's like, she calls her like that is that that another moment that is quite powerful. When Sasha Ronan, it's in the fucking trailers, which annoys me. Where Sasha Ronan says, "Like, I will not be scolded by my inferior," and Margot Robbie's like, "You're inferior," and you're like, "Oh yeah, like that's so fucking powerful." Uh, yeah, I love that. But yeah, I found I do agree. Like, I found her at points really kind of hard to get on board. Is with. it because she's too proud <clears throat> as a character? <clears throat> like there's no sort of maybe that in real life there wasn't any sort of sense of humility to her but she really doesn't go around with any sense of humility mm. she's just like i'm the queen now and i don't even care what you guys have got so you just get out of here i don't even quite agree with you and get out of here which is so strange because it's a story <clears throat> of it's a story of religious prosecution because mm-hmm. she's catholic and she's in the minority they push against her which means it shouldn't be hard to make it sympathetic for yeah. mary queen of scots the reason why they hate her is because she's not Protestant. Yeah. They're like, well, that that's so that's mean. That's in in the weirdest way to say it for a historic like event. That's very mean. I find it interesting that they really portray her as quite a progressive person for the fifteen hundreds. <laughs> oh, she is so progressive. She's so progressive. Um, <clears throat> the storyline where her secretary and her husband have sex. At yeah. one point, on the night of their marriage um and she is not okay with it but she forgives him basically yeah she forgives secretary. secretary and says i'm i'm happy that you remained true to yourself hmm. and i was like oh that like that's interesting because i don't know 
I, 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 I don't know the ins and outs of the, that particular detail. I don't know if any of that's true in terms of the husband was gay and mm. slept with the, her secretary. Like, I don't know. Well, I read, well, I, I read very <clears throat> briefly that the husband suspected uh, the secretary might be the real father of yes, King James. Yes, yeah, yeah, I read that as well, yeah. Which but like, they bring that up briefly in the movie. Do they? Because, yeah, when, they, when they're signing the document oh, to yeah. tiger they say we you know we <clears throat> we are already running the risk that that child might be a bastard because and they think then, that they're but sleeping then the, together the, the, the husband uh, mary queen of scott's husband says oh, well no i know he can't be like he can't be he just can't be he can't be but it's that thing of i kind of like that moment because it's that thing of he knows it's not true but <laughs> if he explains why he knows it's not true then he, he'll be fucked ah. so like yeah um She's very progressive. She's um, very. But she's into that. She's into her, that her handmaidens just fucking going off and oh yeah, I'm gonna like bang this guy from England. Yeah, she's, she's like very, she's all for it. She's like, very sexual, <coughs> lib- sexually yeah. liberated. Libra- fucking hell, Danny, come on. Sexually liberated, liberated for a fifteen hundreds queen. She's got very contemporary um, views on sex. Yeah, like, like very contemporary. Uh, she also likes black people. Yep, which yeah. is good. Yeah, and she also she doesn't mind Asian people. Yeah. She's all for it. Yeah, all for them all. Which you know, we all are <laughs> here on Second Opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I wondered how much of that was I again I, trying to make her sympathetic to a contemporary audience. I feel like there's a there might be an element <clears throat> of like, hey, our character would be more sympathetic if. We tried if she to, loves everybody. Yeah, if we tried to make her have contemporary point of views. Because she's really fucking pissed at her husband. But she's not pissed at the secretary. Yeah. Like, she fucking is, like, riled up by the husband and that whole situation. But the secretary, she's like, I'm glad you stayed true to yourself. It's like, well, hey, man. <laughs> the fucking husband stayed true to himself. You don't, you don't seem to be into that. <laughs> if he'd waited a few days, would it have been all right? Like, what's the deal here? I don't know. That all seemed a bit strange yeah, but, then, there's also- but again, I don't... He, we don't know her no, but so they can kind of like we know the history of mary queen of scots but we don't know the i guess the kind of personality yeah. so they can kind of mold it well into... another example of pasting over history to make it a bit more palatable for contemporaries is that i read there that her husband mm-hmm. um that the film mostly uh, is about is her first cousin oh so you're like that, and that's so strange that they never bring it up in the film. Mm, they certainly don't really because <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's again it's like just rewriting history ever so slightly just to make it a bit more palatable for mm. the audience yeah that is weird did you know that in Game of Thrones in the book all the characters like are meant to be like 16 okay like Jon Snow is meant to be like 16 that makes sense for like in terms of like real life but like <laughs> you can understand why in the tv shit yeah, yeah, yeah. no i make him sort of 30 something <laughs> um yeah i don't know i just sort of break that up that's actually interesting <laughs> i did not know that that's actually very interesting yeah that, like because it like i understand from george uh, uh martin's like point of view why he would make that conscious decision because because mm. he clearly wanted to reflect sort of a a more realistic mm. historic environment but yeah mm. um it's interesting. Or is it? Oh, who knows? He'll be dead soon. Might <laughs> <laughs> fucking write that book. Um. So I was talking about the, there's some things that didn't work for me, and I think a lot, like <clears throat> a lot of the times, it's with these kind of Oscar movies. 
where there's a scene in particular where it really stood out to me, which is the scene where they meet. There is a terrible, terrible score underlining that scene. Like a musical beat where it's these kind of like, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember finding it so distracting. And I was like, oh my God, this would be so much more powerful if it was just quiet yeah. <laughs> and it was just them talking. But instead you have this like really terrible score that I found incredibly distracting. And it really did feel quite like we need to get an emotion out of the audience for this moment. So yeah. we need to like amp up the emotional music. This is what our film's been building up. And I hate that kind of shit. I feel like there was not a lot of that, but I felt like there was a good kind of chunk of that in this movie. Hmm. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, there's a lot of... There does feel like... A lot of the stuff you see in the trailer does feel like it was written into scenes for the trailer. Mm. Um, Especially the swords line. Um, What's the... I'm trying to think of the exact The inferior line, I think, is the big one. Where that, that... You heard people... When we like, I don't know if you heard, but when that line happened in the cinema, there was a few people in the audience who were like, "Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's such a powerful moment." Like, sucks that we all knew that was gonna happen, though. Well, me and uh, me and Benedict have been quoting it to each other. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) You call your girl? You call your girlfriend the (laughs) inferior? Because the trailer's been out for months, and there's something really. bizarre about awesome. uh, Sasha Rowan's like accent where it is Scottish but you can feel the Irishness yeah. of behind it if you know what I mean also historically um, since she was raised in France her whole life she would have had a French accent yeah um, but fair enough I guess it would seem weird England is not that much different to Scotland Hey, <laughs> <laughs> the ancestors I remember seeing that's the opening bit of the trailer and every, yeah. every time it comes on I'm like Oh, that's, oh no. <laughs> no, nobody sounds like that here. And <laughs> um, um, it's, it's very much there's a lot of scenes that you're like, that's just for the trailer. What's the sword one? It's like, um, are you afraid of your swords because they're not just for show or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that felt like it was made for the trailer. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to turn around to Katie and be like, I will not be scolded by my inferior. <laughs> I can't wait to say that to my manager at work tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, can you like, can you like go do this? So, I will not be scolded by my inferior. <laughs> Fuck. That just became like, that's going to be my most used quote. Like ever since that, because recently it's been the drinking buddies one. Like I go get a beer and I'm like, I oh, get one for the table. <laughs> now it's going to be, I will not be scolded by my beer. I love it. Um, yeah. Because I don't know why there's something so memorable about that quote, especially the way Margot Robbie. Your inferior. Your inferior. You fuck. In that moment, she's like, okay, so this was something I didn't like. Um, Mary Queen of Scots was imprisoned for 20, well, imprisoned. Yeah, for 20 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Movie makes it look like it was minutes. <laughs> like, it literally does not... It does not focus on that passage of time at all. Even to the point where when... So, you you know, she, she gets sort of taken into custody. And then we presumably flash forward 20 years to when she gets her head cut off. So she looks exactly the same. Hmm. Literally the same. Even though her son <clears throat> has grown from... A four-year-old, and even the son. In one, the child is born, 
And then in almost the next scene, the yeah. child is about five years old. <laughs> um, well, it's it's me- kind of messes up a part of the scene, um, the final one, because when Queen Elizabeth and um, Mary Queen of Scots meet, they uh, Mary Queen of Scots says, "Oh, you'll probably kill me because uh, I'm a threat to you." And then she says, "You, I won't." And like, yes, yeah, so Queen Elizabeth says that she won't kill Mary Queen of Scots, but then because it feels so quickly, it looks like Queen Elizabeth's gone against her word. Yeah, but nineteen lo- years yeah. is a long time. It looks like she walks away from that conversation and she's like. Oh, you know what? Mary Queen's got a piece of shit. Let's chop her head off. Yeah. It was 20 years. Like, <laughs> it's a long, long, yeah. long, long time. Um, I, yeah, I think I would have liked, and it doesn't have to be a huge focus of the film, but I think I would have just liked, Something to the point to, where, to the point yeah. where, when, like I said, when she goes, when she's walking to the, 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 the chopping block, she has not aged a day. Yeah. But her child has gone from five years old to 25 years old. And is like, a grown man with a beard now but she looks identical like there's not a wrinkle on her she looks exactly the same as she did presumably 20 years ago but the film doesn't even make a point to say <clears throat> that it's been 20 years mm-hmm. like you have to research that um i just wish that had been a bit more heavily implied because like you said it almost shifts the timeline around too much yeah i mean outlaw king did that as well apparently outlaw king uh robert the bruce's wife is taken captive the film kind of makes it look like it's you know for a few months but in reality it was years um it took it took everybody a while to get around to anything back then they didn't have fridges to put their post-it notes i was thinking about that so much when we were watching the film because obviously there's the whole thing of they they don't meet Hmm. and obviously a big chunk of the reason as, as well would be that it takes a long time to yeah. whereas well, now you just hop on a plane you're there in 40 minutes well like, there's a bit where Queen Elizabeth is riding like really fast on a horse to meet like Mary Queen of Scots and you're like surely they're meeting nearer the border surely like yeah. you'd be exhausted if you were riding that yeah. fast all the way from what London to the border take your time you know, everybody knows you. it's going to take a while for you to get there <laughs> don't worry about it we were talking earlier about her being quite a sexually liberated person for the 1500s tell you what son when you're living in a time period where you, you can't have sex before you get married, there's a lot of sexual tension in the early chunks of this movie. <laughs> like, every conversation that takes place between a man and a woman is, like, <laughs> fully fucking sexually charged. <laughs> like, it doesn't it's, matter when. It's unco- you almost want to be like, should we leave the cinema and come back when this scene's over? Like, it doesn't matter if it's room? a stranger or your first cousin. Yeah, it's literally just like, God, fucking, and it, you're like, whoa, this is, whoa. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit hot under the bloody collar here, mate. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because, like I said, obviously it's set at a time where that was very much a, a thing you didn't do until you were married, and it just leads to a whole lot of fucking horny twenty somethings <laughs> who are like very attractive and in positions of power who are not banging <laughs> um and yeah but it just it, it made me laugh there was a few bits towards the beginning where i was like should we all leave <laughs> come back Ooh, come like back in 10 minutes in this situation. yeah did you think there was some kind of i thought there was some characters who so her her the the, the character who presumably was a real person we keep saying characters but the guy who had sworn to protect her who then later becomes her third husband. I found his whole kind of 
uh, what word, I don't know what word I would use. Blanken, his whole kind of arc in the movie where he is, he's in like the opening scene mm-hmm. where they establish, yeah, this guy has sworn to protect her. And he say, even say, he says his duty is worth more to him than his ambition. And his duty is to protect her at all costs. He then does not come back for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then comes in li- literally towards like the last 40 minutes where he makes this stance about murdering her her husband. And... Uh, and then, and then suddenly he becomes like a big part of the film, and I thought it was kind of weird that they, I mean, I get that they sort of establish him, and then they there's not really a use for him, but I thought for someone who becomes that pivotal later on, there should have been a little bit more inclusion throughout. To me, there was a degree that um, I was struggling just to keep track of all the the Scottish councilmen mm, that are mm. there, and so there's a, yeah yeah there's a there's lot. A, so there's like there's a whole point where I'm like, wait, hang on, so you're you're her because they're all men with beards. Yeah, they're yeah. all men with <laughs> Scottish boys and with like beards. they're most of my them... favorite calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all there. January, <laughs> January is pretty sexy, actually. Um, but there's there's a especially because you don't give them each of them that much time. Yeah. Um. So when like characters come back, so I'm like, so are you are you her brother? Yeah, you're her brother, and you're the one sworn to protect her. Okay. Okay, so hang on. Okay, everyone, slow down. <laughs> Two seconds. Oh no, the film's over. You're David Tennant for definite, right? And right, what his character? I again thought it was very odd that he sort of doesn't really come back. It's more of like a background plot. His whole. I role. guess he's more of a because he represents the the the, the, the He represents the the people. Yeah, I feel like he he's he kind of, of vocalizes the mood of the people at the time. He's more of like a towards Mary Queen of Scots. An impending doom. Yeah. Like, one of the things she's fighting off is, like, him representing her Protestant um, subjects. Yeah. So, like, yeah, but even he's not, he comes in it every so often. He's a bit more memorable. Mostly because he's David Tennant. I actually kind of forgot he was in it until we, like, brought it up right now. No, I mean, when he's in the scene. Yeah. You're like, oh, look, there's David Tennant. Um well, not also that, um, because he's got all this big long beard and this weird hat, which looks like two flat caps next on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of bizarre. That's a very Doctor Who look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm so crazy. I'm wearing two flat caps on top of one another. Because I'm crazy. Doctor, that is crazy. <laughs> You're so crazy, Doctor. Suspenders with a dress? What are you thinking? Da, 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 da. That's Doctor Who now. Yeah. I don't know, I don't watch it. <laughs> I've seen the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> David Tennant plays a woman now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David Tennant has a podcast now. Does he? Copying us. What's that about? It's I think it's just interviewing people. Why don't you all fucking save it for your David Tennant podcast podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, this is David Tennant Podcast Podcast. This is us doing a podcast about the David Tennant Podcast. This is a David Tennant after show. Hi. Um, did you like Guy Pierce? Yeah. Again, I feel I liked yeah. him. He's he's not in it enough. Like yeah. he does. He's not really given much to do. Yeah, he's a. He's very I like that he's kind of the word in her ear. Yeah, he's very much a character that will be there and then disappear for a very long time, yeah. and then he's back. But I go, oh, there's Guy Pierce. I honestly just tell you something. I something I wish had. I guess it, it, it. I guess the reason he's brought up a lot is to convey the sort of 
the way that things have changed. So Henry VIII is obviously Elizabeth's father. Mm. And I think it's interesting that he is brought up a couple of times because he's sort of the thing that they've just moved on from. Yeah. This very tyrannical, unstable individual who <laughs> had eight of his wives executed, which is insane. Um, I thought it was interesting that he is kind of... He kind of shadows a lot of the things yeah, in this movie. Yeah, he's in this movie. Yeah, because now we've come from him now to two <clears throat> countries governed by two women mm. which i thought and i thought it was interesting that they kind of bring him up every now and again and like you said he seems like this kind of presence because it must have been like someone like him must have shook the country so much like it's just the donald trump i was thinking if, that, yeah. if donald trump was allowed to exist was allowed to just murder people at will and you know um it, that's effectively what they're dealing with and I, I did. I, I, I liked this, the moments where he was kind of, where where he's kind of, you know, like uh, when they start talking about murdering her husband, Mary Queen Scott's husband, she says, you know, I, I can't be seen as a Henry VIII murdering her husbands at will uh, yeah. because they've, you know, they've displeased me. <clears throat> and then they, they she also, when they have that conversation with, when she has that conversation with Queen Elizabeth, she brings him up again. And Queen Elizabeth is like, I am like, I am not my father hmm. and I, I do things differently. Um, it's something, I, we keep coming back to Game of Thrones just because it's so real world. Game of Thrones is such like this kind of, Taking this just this, feels yeah. like a real life Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, on like a kind of small scale but I, I someone in game of thrones you don't watch game of thrones do you i've seen the first two seasons someone that i always find really interesting in game of thrones every time he's brought up i find it so fascinating is the the mad king who is kind of meant to be the the king right before game of thrones kind of kicks off yeah 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 who is this king who went insane and tried to burn his city down with wildfire and every time they bring him up you can tell he's had such a ripple effect throughout the world and I always find him so fascinating and I want to learn more about him. But they never really engage in it too much. He's just this, again, he's just this kind of overshadowing presence. And I, I liked that Henry VIII was kind of that for this movie. And again, obviously it's on a much smaller scale because it's a two hour movie. So he only kind of comes up once or twice. I think it's twice. Mm. Um, whereas Game of Thrones he's brought up a lot more times, but that's like a 80 hour show at this point. So yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I liked that it kind of helped to convey that it was the these two women, Mary Queen of Scots especially, who was trying to bring a more sane approach to ruling. <laughs> um, even if it meant conniving and sleeping with people to make babies that had ears to two thrones. and <laughs> Times were different. Times were tough. Yeah. Not like now, where it's easy. I was thinking of that very briefly in the film where she has um, Mary Queen of Scots has uh, sex with her husband one time Bragging. and gets pregnant that one time and yeah. then gives birth and has no child labour problems <laughs> for that one time I was thinking it's probably, it's probably a minor thing it probably happened a lot at the time but I was thinking oh, with all the things I know about how tricky it must have been but then I guess if, if, if she really didn't then there's you know you can't, you can't add that to the film yeah <laughs> I don't know. I just it was just one of those things where you're like, her, oh, yeah. so tough back then. Her child again is is the I feel like the build up to the child is quite a big deal, but mm. the actual ch- child James in the context of the film is not it's not like that big a deal. It's mm. very much focused on her. 
I do. Re- I just. I think that is my biggest gripe with the film. I wish it had been more divided. I like in terms of. I wish there'd been more focus on Queen Elizabeth because I think her arc was much more interesting in the way it's portrayed in this movie. And I do kind of wish there'd just been more of her. And that's probably my biggest gripe. Yeah. And I do think it is a very, not to be like a wanky guy, but like I do feel like it is quite like an Oscar-y movie. Yeah. Where it's like, look, we'll get we'll get these two people, get these two big actresses, powerful actresses in these roles. The rest of it doesn't matter. The cinematography's not that interesting. I find the score annoying. The storytelling is kind of fine. Again, aside from the Queen Elizabeth part, which I think is the the best aspects of the storytelling in the film um like i think a lot of it will just weigh heavily on how good are these two performances i think it's the same with beautiful boy i saw beautiful boy recently i think that film is very much timothy chaunier and steve carell trying to out oscar one another and be like i could yell and cry louder and harder than you can whereas the film itself is a story that doesn't necessarily i think bring anything new to a to a, you know a, con- a conveying addiction to people mm. um i do like that this movie again like i said at the very beginning i think i like that it brings more to the, the kind of old scottish history than just english bad scottish good rebels 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 fight 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 um <coughs> i like that there was yeah there was more nuance to it but i, I don't think I don't really think it's anything you have to kind of rush out and see. No. As much as we've kind of just sat and spoken about it for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think it's... Like, I can't see people talking about this even this time next year. I think it's going to be quickly forgotten. I don't... I think Mar- I think Margot Robbie is the best part of it. Mm. She's quite often the best part of the film she's mm. in. Mm. Best part of Suicide Squad. What did you think of the, the accents? Well, I said for that, the most part, um, Sasha Rowan, I think, does do a Scottish accent, but it feels very. It feels does like sound Irish, Irish at times. Yeah, it? like yeah. Irish is bursting out of yeah. it or something. But I think you hear that even in her American films. I think there's moments where hmm. you can hear that thick Irish accent kind of come through. But it must be hard. Like, there must be words yeah. that it's just that's the way you pronounce the word. And... Uh, Margot uh, Robbie's accent. Tell you something, We had a good old day at the cinema. Eh? Good old day. Good old time. Eh? Aye. Have you ever heard? Have you heard of a black and tan? A black. I've heard of it actually. A what black you... and tan. A black and. Tan. <laughs> black and tan is a uh, John Smith ale. Okay. Uh, mixed with coke. Yeah, and you call it a black and tan. And um, a friend of mine recently went to New York, and we just got fixated on the fact that of like how funny it would be to go into a New York bar and ask for a black and tan. <laughs> It's like, do you stay the old black and tan in here, son? And like, and <laughs> or like going in and like laying out your order, be like, I have a bottle of Bud Light, <laughs> uh, Jack Daniels and Coke, uh, black and tan, and uh, three Jager bombs. <laughs> <laughs> it just, oh, oh, and also, the Also, uh, do you do any scran in here? Do you stay the scran? Or do you, do you just do the black and tan and then we're going to get the scran? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you as a person who's worked behind the bar that so many people come in with their 
variation thing. <laughs> like, of their thing. The their thing that thing. makes them special. Their, their drink. And when <laughs> do you do such and such? And I, without hesitation, go, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even asking what it is. No. What is a such and such, Danny? I'm trying to think of examples. It's three Jaeger bombs piled on top of one another in a black and tan. <laughs> you drop them in. <laughs> There's so many. They're like so to many. a liter of black and tan. <laughs> A whole liter. I have a liter <laughs> cup, especially for the occasion. But there's so many people that come in, and like you know, as soon as you go, what is that? They'll go, oh, you don't. <laughs> Excuse me, Look, you sir, don't. Please know. just order off the menu. We have many terrible beers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no, we don't do it. I don't even ask what it is. No, I don't do it. That's funny. No, I don't do it. One person came in, uh, um, Guinness and black, and I was like, oh, Guinness is black, pal. <laughs> <laughs> What did he say? <laughs> is it Guinness and Black? Guinness and Coke? No, Guinness and Black are... Oh, fucking what? <laughs> what? Uh, he, he laughed. He was an English guy, so I guess it may be more common down there in Guinness and Black. You're English. Aye. English born, aye. Is that weird? It's... It's only <laughs> really weird Because you are effectively... Your enemy. Your Scot- no, enemy. but you... No, what I mean is like you have lived in Scotland for your yeah, whole life. Yeah, that's... You were just born in England. Yeah, that's that's the weirdest thing for me. Is I moved up to Scotland when I was two years old. Uh, I spent a couple of years down in England after that, but came back back up to Scotland not long after. So do you remember much of it? I vague. Ah, it's probably for the vaguely. Best, you know? I, but like it's that's the <laughs> kidding. Weird thing. I've, I'm, I'm like English born, but I have no sense of English national mm. identity because I wasn't in there for that long. All of my national identity comes from Scotland. I. Went to school and learned the Scottish National Anthem. I went to school and learned Rabbi Burns' poems. Um, I had Scottish history. In primary six, I did the Mary Queen of Scots in primary uh, school. <clears throat> and we went down to Holyrood um, Palace and saw the the room where the guy got stabbed. Like, it was, it's very much entrenched in me Scottish um, nationalist like, identity. And the only thing that's remained from my English and accent, national identity is my accent. Your accent, yeah. Well, there we go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I always forget it, and then I think, what a fucking traitorous snake. <laughs> nah, you're fine. Nah, you're fine. I'm probably fine. We're all friends here. I'm, pro- I'm just no trying racism to slowly here. take your no freedom. National- I'm not a nationalist. You know? We're all, we're all ho- hombres. Hombres? Ah, it's a good time shot. Get a black man. Damn, didn't you? Um, do you have anything else to say? No. Nope. Happy Rabbit Burns night. Happy Rabbi Burns Night. This is probably not going to come out until like a week later, but you'll still be in the spirit of Rabbi Burns Yeah, Night. which, I mean, you should always be in the spirit of Rabbi Burns all the time. When's the Rabbi Burns movie going to come out? Okay. I don't know. Do you think that... I actually don't know much about him himself. I was surprised... No, neither do I. Recently, I was surprised to... Yeah, re- you can go visit his home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to realise um, recently that Old Old Lang's Eye is actually like... Um, he didn't write it per se. He, he was the first to write it down. <laughs> so it's like a, a like a folk song, this national folk song that he just he was the first one to write it down. Yeah. So I was I did not know that. Good on him. I've always thought he wrote See, it. See, you gotta be the if you've got an idea, jot it down. <laughs> someone else will take it. Everyone's like, no, I wrote it. It's my song. <laughs> and look at him now. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> Rabbi Burns like... is dead. That's the lame thing. Because I, I feel like I'm four whiskeys deep now. Mm. 
but I think the shortbread is kind of keeping me level-headed because yeah. it's so stodgy. It's like that's so... the point. Of the shortbread is to to balance out the yeah whiskey. the whiskey. I like it. It's been a very good night, Danny. I've enjoyed it. Nice. I've enjoyed Mary Queen of Scots, even though I'll probably never see it again no. in my life. And maybe never uh, think of it again. Yeah, <laughs> I might stop after this. Oh no, I'll have to add it to my letterbox. But after that, just gonna stop. We'll do it. We'll we'll, we'll brief but go by it at the year and <laughs> as we're doing our rounds at the end. How do we? How do we end this one? I don't know. Um, do you, you want to do your social medias? Oh yes. I mean, um, no one. We, <laughs> if you ever did want to get in contact with us, I don't know, throw something at us our head when you next see us, because you'll probably see us. Because you you found out day. Danny's actually English. <laughs> <laughs> they all know it's no <laughs> secret. Um, you can get in, in contact. a way. We are like Mary Queen of Scots and and Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Am I the more sympathetic one? Yeah. I feel like people struggle to get on board with me at first, <laughs> or they get on board with me at first, and then after a while they're like. Eh. <laughs> She, he, Scott did marry his first cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird, actually. But when they make the movie about me, they won't mention that. No, no, no. Because you got to make me sympathetic. Yeah, I can't believe that. That's made the whole film like weirder. It's, it's just weird. It's it's one of those things where um, it's weirder that they hid it. Because mm. like, I, if they said, "Oh, and he's your cousin," I'm like, "Well, yeah." People used to marry their cousins back then. It's not, it's not as big at like for them. Some people was... still marry their cousins. Yeah, some people do. Um. But like it's not as big a deal back then, so like, I I, it, I wouldn't it wouldn't have fussed me. I'd have been like, yeah, fair enough. I'll tell you what, marrying your cousin, okay, it's not for me, but I'll I'll defend your right to do it. <laughs> and that's Aww. the Scottish way. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is the true freedom. Anyway, oh, we just like oh flower of Scotland, when will we see your light again? The fought and died for the weaving hell again. My neighbors are gonna hate me again. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night. Oh, eat your fucking J.K. Simmons. We didn't say that at the end of the last one. Oh, eat your J.K. Simmons and also eat your J.K. Simmons. Eat everything, especially your shortbread <laughs> and the sofa. <laughs>